Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in the Ring RC. I'm Miss Wonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, 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 I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I think I'm all right. I'm just quite tired all the time, basically. It's starting to wig me out a bit. Do you know, you sounded like, you sounded like, you sound like an expert working in the White House trying to avoid giving the president the bad news that you should be giving, but you're like, how do I say this to him without him just losing it? Very much like our dynamic. <laughs> stressed, exhausted, <laughs> a stressed, exhausted expert talking to a populist who's losing his hair. Yeah, that's accurate. It's very accurate. Yep. It's yeah. just like Stadio, Stadio did not show. That should be our new bio, actually. <laughs> <laughs> same, same energy. <laughs> oh my goodness. How are you, Musa? Very well. Not bad for a populist losing his hair. Uh, (laughs) 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 Oh, good grief. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. It was a good footballing weekend. Lots of, shall I say, statement victories. Oh, God, it's begun. (laughs) You're a statement victory. That's right. So are you, Ryan. You're a statement victory. Oh, isn't this kind? Isn't this wholesome? (laughs) Charm offensive. Get it in before the admin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm glad you're all right. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks. Very kind of you. Let's do some admin. <laughs> yeah, let's do some admin. Well, this has begun well. TheRinger.com forward slash soccer. I did a piece last week about Yogi Love and yep. Germany. Yep, yep. Uh, if you want to go read that. Very good. Very fair. Uh, I think. Oh, thanks. I don't like going after people. It's not my energy. Mm. It's not nice. But I, I, I think I sent you one paragraph, didn't I? Saying, is this too mean <laughs> before I submitted it? I was like, oh my goodness, if, this, if that's mean, we're all going to like lose our jobs because I would have not been as generous as you were, to be honest. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Oh, another thing to plug. I forgot to plug last week. I contributed to the Gagan Presser playlist series. Those wonderful weirdos at Gagan Presser. I did a playlist for them. So if you search Gagan Presser on Spotify, G-E-G-E-N-P-R-E-S-S-E. Did a bit of a weirdo playlist for them. Shouts to those boys. Great dudes. Um, Anything else to plug? You're up this week on The Ringer. Yeah, I'm up this week. uh, Still deciding on which piece to write. I've got a couple in my head. But if I never mention them, people are like, why didn't you write that one? So I'm not going to mention what my concepts are. I think you should do it on Unai Emery's return to suit and tie. That's <laughs> he looked. He looks like a chaotic professor, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, his his. I'm not sure if it's still his Twitter cover photo, but it was literally him holding an old leather football in front of a chalkboard with loads of just equations on it. Getting lost in the detail. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Shouts to Unai. He's doing good things at VRL. Yes. Um. Any other admin? Oh yeah. We're back on all platforms. We are back on all platforms. So if the podcast provider that you are listening to us on allows you to rate and review the podcast. Please leave review, preferably a five-star review because it really helps grow the podcast. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Feels like um, introducing a classic into the set list after 10 years of saying we'll never play it again. It does, exactly. (laughs) So everyone wants to hear it but we're just like going through the motions we're not even singing it anymore we just we sing the first line and let everyone else sing it exactly I can't bother doing this put the mic out to the crowd uh, any other admin I don't think there is I think we're good all present and correct there might be another Stadio Sessions this week I'm not sure yet see how we go yeah I think we're having an announcement in Germany about how much further this lockdown might go um, <sighs> yeah so I, mean, we'll I think our Christmas is cancelled huh Gonna have an orphan's Christmas here in Berlin. <laughs> Some of us have been cancelled since 1979. Oh, <laughs> oh. just the poor shumble, sh- shumble. That's the shy humble combo. Shumble, <laughs> shumble poet, shumble poet. All right. So today, 
We're probably going to swerve most of Newcastle, Chelsea and Leeds, Arsenal. We're going to save that for Wrighty's House. You're on Wrighty's House this week with Jeanette. Yep, yep. Today we're going to talk about all the football because there was a lot of football. So much football. Yeah, I think that's it. Just the usual. Sorry, gang. Sounds a bit of a dry intro, huh? Oh, you know. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, let's get into it after this. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, man, I want to start with the biggest statement victory of the weekend. Yes. PSG won, Leon nil. Wow. It put an end to Leon's 80-game, four-year unbeaten run on this Friday night. Wild. It was unbelievable. Marie Antoinette Cototo scored the only goal of the game after 10 minutes, round the keeper, kind of scuffed the finish a little bit. Yeah. Sent poor Wendy Renard dancing as she kind of got herself in a bit of a pickle to, to clear it. But this was a huge result for PSG. And it follows up their 14-0 win from last week, which I need to correct myself on. I said, I kept saying Nadia Nadim scored six, she scored seven. <laughs> Maybe my brain just couldn't compute. They are now top and they're a point clear of Leon. It's, it's absolutely huge. Statement victory. And um, just very quickly, in your defence, I don't know if you saw Lucien Favre, you probably saw him after the game trying to work out how many goals Holland actually scored. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in good- and he went, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. So you're, so you're in good company there. So shout out oh, to Nadine yeah. and shout out to PSG. The funniest thing about this game was watching the, the final stages happened. Anno Dong, amazing writer on Twitter going, oh my God, PSG can actually do it. And then PSG fans going, no, no, don't curse What off. are you doing? Because this it's is PSG, PSG have, you know, lost heartbreaking leads against Lyon before but they held out and this was so impressive. And this actually kind of, this is really nice in terms of their trajectory. We saw them in the Champions League show really promising signs. They were ready to kind of start punching beyond where they were and their resilience. This will be amazing for them because I think it's one thing getting a late winner, Ryan, but holding on from 10 minutes in Mm. is something really, because Leon were throwing everything at them. But it was weird. If you look at the goal and like the, na- the nature of the concession, you know how sometimes if Leon are going to take anything positive from it, they have to be at some level like everything comes to the end of the road at some point. But having said that, I think they would have rather it have been someone else they'd lost to. Like if you're going to lose an 80 game winning streak, yep. you almost want it to be to a team that like is like mid table. Does that make sense? Because when you lose the PSG. Yeah, it can just go down as like a blip then. It doesn't mean that much. You know, right. it's- just an off day kind of thing. It has that feel of when, you know, when United beat Arsenal at like long streak mm. and like Arsenal were almost like anyone but United. I think it was like with Leon, it's like anyone but PSG. They'd, they're the last team we want to give this confidence that they can do us yeah, in the league. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's big echoes of um, Bayern Wolfsburg from last week. That's a great, it's a great show actually. In, in the Frauen Bundesliga. Great show. Yeah. And I mean, I wrote that piece ages ago, well, after the Champions League final for the ringer about how Leon's dominance continued, but it looked like there's a shifting of, mm. well, not a shifting, but you could see that this was the year where maybe a, a few things are going to change. Yes. PSG were getting closer. They, were, they pushed him quite far last season. They did well in the Champions League. Yeah. 
it's clear that they've been making strides over the last couple of seasons. Bayern have obviously been closing the gap on Wolfsburg and Wolfsburg losing a lot of players, Leon losing a couple of key players while still having a really stacked squad yep, admittedly, and signing players like Gunnar Stortia from Wolfsburg. Yeah. So it's great for those leagues. I think it's great for the, for the Champions League. Could have a new winner of the Champions League this year. I mean, it would be so, it would be totally Leon energy now just to like obliterate everyone for the rest of the season and win another straight Champions League. But this is the thing. The point is that now it doesn't matter. Everyone's seen it. Everyone's seen the mask off now. You know, like whenever yeah. these things happen, everyone pours into the gap. We yeah. see, it, you know, in the in the PSG men's um on in the men in, in the men's league, uh, you saw the moment that PSG got rattled this year, and they're still top, but people piling into the gap and they're looking vulnerable. Yeah, and I just wonder. I mean, this is the kind of result where. You know that WhatsApp groups across Europe are like, did you see the like PSG Leon mm-hmm. result? Yeah, the Man City WhatsApp group was just a load of eye emojis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> on Friday night. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a huge win for PSG. Yeah. Uh, you could see it was mentally re- as important as it was for maybe just the points thing in the league because I think we will just never be able to, well, I suppose it's quite similar to, you know, doing a podcast with you, just that, Relentlessly facing up to such excellence on a. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my welcome to my world, Ryan. Welcome to my world. No, it's like me doing the podcast with you. And, oh, um, oh, please. <laughs> you know, I'm very much the. I was going to say I'm very much the PSG to your Leon. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Which means now I'm better. Yes. But, yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't think that through at all. No, I didn't think that through at all. But you know what I mean? Just like the relentless, like being elite athletes yes. and being good enough to win multiple titles in probably any other team in any other league. Right. And then you, you're constantly faced with just this, this relentless, almost perfection. I mean, no, no team is perfect, but they, they were as close to perfect as, as we've seen from a football club in the last five years, 10 years. I was like, it's like Andy Murray playing in the era of Federer and Nadal. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that's a really good shout. When yeah. you're just, and you're, you're, you're outstanding. I mean, Andy, Andy Murray actually, and it's funny because what he's achieved will go down as, to win what he did in the era that he has won it is astonishing. In any era, it would be incredible. But to do that now, unreal. Any other era, Andy Murray has 10 grand slams. Underrated. Yeah. Um, so PSG are underrated because Leon block out so much of the light. We forget, you know, P- PSG are almost like, they're almost like Palmer were for Juventus in the 90s. Mm. when Palmer were just lights out brilliant and could have won at that point other leagues, multiple titles in other leagues. But, you know, Juve were like three straight Champions League finals. Yeah. So it's a massive, massive win. PSG are top now, having played nine, won eight, drawn one, scored 37, conceded just one goal in the league. Phenomenal. Point clear of Lyon. Quickly, whilst we're on women's football, let's jump to the Frauen Bundesliga because there was an absolute worldie from Joel Wedermeyer on... Friday for Wolfsburg against Eintracht. Eintracht uh, Wolfsburg won three 0 at home, which was a big win for Wolfsburg because they need need to maintain the pressure on. Bayern. Can we talk about this goal? So when yes, she hits it, when she hits it, she does this incredible thing where she um she she steps into it. She does it, and the beauty is she hits it hard, but doesn't absolutely thrash it. And then her follow through is unbelievable. It's like watching a forehand winner like flick down the line because she does this amazing thing where she's running across goal plants her foot when she hits it and then almost like locks her ankle as she's turning and then carries on running in the line of the ball. So when she carries on running, you can see from where she's running where the ball's going to finally move and the ball mm. basically moves in the air. It starts way outside the post. Ryan, this thing must move about, it must move like just under 10 feet. It must move yeah. about 10 feet. It's unbelievable. Uh, check at Jazz Schreimler on Twitter. She posted an amazing video of it. The Hope Solo reposted. The funny thing about Jasmine's tweet, tweeting that goal is that she blew so many minds by sharing it that it's mostly quote tweeted and just people's reaction just going, oh my God, what have I just seen? Yeah. It was amazing. Stunning strike. Stunning strike. So yeah, big weekend in women's football. Quickly, whilst we're on some of the Friday games, should we talk about Monaco PSG? Oh my goodness. Yeah, we have to. Because this game, I swear, was straight out. I tweeted about this. It was straight out of a, like my football manager, 2014 dreams. Two, aside beating PSG 3-2 after being 2-0 down with two goals from Kevin Folland and assist from Cesc Fabregas and then Fabregas scoring the winner that is pure Ryan 2000 
Football Manager's 2014 save. <laughs> you know, I swear to God. You know what's so funny about this? I love that you said that because when I watched this game, I remember thinking, this game feels like bingo, but I'm not sure what the bingo game is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, somebody somewhere is enjoying this immensely and is getting all their vitamins from it. Can I say, but you know, there are some games, I have to just talk, I've never actually broken this down before in terms of what I mean by vitamins, but there are some games that you watch them and every nutrient you need is provided. Everything. Yeah, it provides, so you, got, you don't, it's, it's in one tab, tablet, you don't need to take anything else. Exactly, it's a fully, you know, a fully nutritious game. And this, two first half goals from Mbappe, wonderful. The first one was, I mean, it's I love goals like that. When you kind of, when you don't follow through, but the, but the ball just flies off your foot and it takes that beautiful kind of like straight rising trajectory and then just a slight touch of the goalkeeper to <laughs> elevate it even more. You know, Mbappe is so classy. I feel like sometimes when you can see the goal from him, the goalkeeper will look in the goal and they'll look at the ball and they find he's autographed it. Like, it just feels like he's just... <laughs> I thought you were going to say that like they pick up the ball and the ball has just kind of got the like... Uh, <laughs> like, I just got struck by Mbappe. Try Killian, oh goodness. Mm. Killian, call me. <laughs> Kinky little football. It's like, oh, he caught me sweet, didn't he? Oh. <laughs> 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 this could only have come out of a podcast in Berlin. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Strike me true, Killian. Oof, oof, Killian. Oof, oof, Killian. I reckon, you reckon, look, with a little French accent, little kinky league of footballs. Oof. Mais oui, Killian. <laughs> I'd have to chop that out, do I? No, you, you have to leave that in. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, wow. So this game definitely had its kink vitamins. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. No, In Monaco? Brilliant. No, it's perfect. It's like, it's like a bloody Bond film. It's perfect. So yeah, we had the, had the, the Bond film and the great thing is that Fabregas was the chief supervillain. And what was amazing about this game, he was having so much fun at the back of midfield and just watching going like, this guy is just... That's not a bad lifer coming on for the second half, changing the game. Running it. Winning the game. Do you know what I love about this game as well? It was like, it was like late era, like Santi Cazorla, Villarreal, where you oh. see someone, you see someone who physically is not at the level they were, but you know that on any given night, up until the age of 35, 36, that's the kind of player that will destroy you. And you see it with David Silva, like on any given night, they'll turn it on and you've just got to hope. If you're a big team in particular, you've just got to hope it's not the night they come for you. Like, you know, like when you look at the team sheet, it's like when I'm, I met this guy a lot, but Ariel Ibagafa down at Mallorca, you turn up at Mallorca, whatever team you were, you could be Real, you could be Barca, Atleti, and you'd look and be like, Ibe Gaffer's playing tonight, let's just hope that guy doesn't go off. Because when he goes off, there's really nothing we can do about it. Mm. And when Fabregas goes off, you can he do nothing off. about it. Yeah. Still I'd still take him back at Arsenal, you know. Yeah, I mean, he'd be great. I would have him there as a squad player. He'd be great sure. Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'd take Santi back as well. Just get them all back. Get, get Aaron Ramsey back. Get them all back. Bring, the bring them home. Back. Yeah, yeah. Bring them home. PSG's third defeat of the season, but their first after their opening horror show of two straight defeats. Yeah. They'd won eight on the bounce since then, and they're still top of the league. Yeah. Top by a couple, I think. Yeah. But um, Kovac looked pretty pleased with himself. So happy for him. They're doing quite well in the league as well, Monaco. Uh, they're up to fifth now. Yeah, um, it's nice. Yeah. Marseille have got a game in hand on them, though, and could go, could go back up to third, Marseille, if they win their game in hand. But I want to shout out Kevin Follin because he could have had a hat-trick. He probably should have had a hat-trick, actually. There were a couple of huge chances that he had before he scored. But just as, it, at the time, it felt like such a strange move for him to go to Monaco. Mm. I just like that signing a lot. But um, two lovely goals. He played really, really well. And I, yeah, I thought this was just... It was just a fun game to watch, man. It was a really fun game. Because when the second goal went in from PSG, I think even they thought this is done. Yeah, but there was a, there were a few big comebacks this weekend, like the Inter game, for example. They were two 0 down and blew them away against Torino, right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, ended up scoring four in the last twenty seven minutes to win four two. To be fair to PSG, PSG had a few absentees, but still, I mean, they still had like I mean, the name Neymar off the bench, yeah, yeah. So name on the bench, yeah. But they, we feel, I feel like we've been saying that about PSG all season. Yeah, you're right. They? You're right, actually. It's a hollow middler. Their midfield is not the most robust. Abdou Diallo sent off as well for the penalty. But I mean, it was, it was late in the game. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, uh, they had a midfield of Pereira, Di Maria, Rafinha and Sarabia. 
Moise Keane and Kylian Mbappe up front, but they're just, yeah, they look, I, I mean, we said this though at the beginning of the season that they let, they didn't replace the departures that well. No. And, the, and yeah. And there's a lack of chemistry as well as, which is mm. something really important to understand. Like Monaco know what they're doing. Just uh, nice to see Vito Minone in goal. It's old school. <laughs> Friday kicked the weekend off big time. I mean, the Monaco PSG game, the PSG Leon game, um, although it wasn't as much of a statement victory, but the, uh, the Wolfsburg Eintracht game. Can I just say, shout out to the schedulers because we're in a pandemic and evening entertainment is so important. And the scheduling this weekend was so amazing. Like the scheduling was so good that these are games I just stayed in to watch pretty much whatever was on. On a, on a busy Friday and Saturday in Berlin, these are games I probably would have stayed in to watch anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, so shout out to the, whoever organized these gems of schedules. You're praising the TV companies that Jurgen Klopp was going after. Someone's got to do it. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, should we go to the Premier League? Let's do it. Spurs 2, Manchester City 0. Another 2-0 for Spurs. So funny, like, Pochettino and Mourinho both were 2-0 wins for Spurs over Guardiola and exposing them in different ways. I mean, vastly different City teams, to be honest. But in, when, when Poch beat Guardiola that time, he beat him at his own pressing game. And in this game, it was just like classic Mourinho counter. I mean, like, how many attempts on goal? Like, very few. I think, so like, four attempts on goal compared, like, 20-odd to City. And... But Spurs went 2-0 and just Ndombele, shout out to him. Ndombele's really come through. And actually, I want to say this as well. Like as someone who I was, and you said in a tweet, is it possible that the emotion of Pochettino leaving Spurs was so great that we failed to understand mm. that Mourinho was perhaps the perfect appointment for Spurs? Um, I still don't know. To be honest with you, I, this league and everything going on has been so weird. Yeah, it wasn't a statement. It was more of a question. No, it's, like, a, no, it's, like, a, it's a great question. It's, because I wrote a thing after the North London derby about mm. how even though Spurs won the game, because of everything that had happened, like Spurs, were, Spurs had it all. You know, I won't, mm. I won't repeat the, the piece, but if you, if you compare it to where Arsenal are now, actually, mm. it's completely switched from that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even though Arsenal yeah. lost the game, it was like there was a clear direction under Mikel Arteta and that's yeah. kind of not really there at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think Mourinho deserves a lot of credit because... Everyone is flailing, yeah, football-wise, and he's just kind of kept them ticking along a little bit. And now there are a couple of people who are just like, "Yeah, but he's got great forwards," and that's like, "Well, yeah, but if you don't have those forwards, like any manager would struggle." You know, you see what how how much Pep Pep Guardiola struggles without Aguero, or I mean, Klopp is lucky that he's got probably four elite forwards, so at any one time he's probably going to have two of them. Yeah. And Mourinho has improved. Mourinho has improved players. I actually think Kane has been more impressive all round. His all round game, I think, has been far more impressive this season than it has been for a while. And that's never saying it was bad, but I think that he has evolved to incorporate the strengths of Spurs' new pieces as well. So to get the best out of Son when they're there, or to, you know, even though he hasn't featured a huge amount yet, but when Gareth Bale's there, or. Vinicius or you know like, like he's like for example the Southampton game where he dropped he started dropping really deep and he had all these assists for some yeah yeah you know I mean that's that's an element of his game that we haven't seen at the absolute elite level to that extent I don't think in his career you know it's weird I hadn't even I'd actually momentarily forgotten that Bale was there not forgotten forgotten yeah. but like when I think of Spurs and their best selves to me it's it's Lamella who starts and not Bale Bale's an incredible option just because of the chemistry. Like in terms of the chemistry of Lamella, Son and Kane, I think that's the best front three. But Bale is just devastating and will continue to, you know, Bale, as the season goes on, will play a bigger role, no question. Yeah. And it's just got to be really exciting for Spurs because Mourinho, I think, is there an interdynamic there? I don't know, like an inter-2010 thing going on? I don't know. Like Maybe but, it was maybe it was the the move that he needed. Like I said, you know, actually like, yeah. 
drop, and like I said in the tweet, it wasn't any disrespect to Spurs, but moving to a side that hadn't had a, a huge amount of, I mean, they've not won a trophy for over a decade. In terms of silverware, they've not been hugely successful in recent history. Good squad. Yeah. Well run and room to grow. And actually, maybe that was the perfect place for them. Again, this may all come crashing down. We don't know. And and I said in the tweet that, you know, it kind of looked like in the first game of the season against Everton, it was kind of already starting to happen the way that he went after a load of excuses for, for losing the game. But it's all very quiet at Spurs at the moment. You know, even the kind of the slip up in the Europa League got a response. The West Ham game was wild. There are going to be wild games this season. We've seen it all weekend. We've seen it all season. Yeah. But in this league at the moment, to be level on points at the top, well, top of the league. Yeah. Yeah, they are top of the league on goal difference at this stage of the season. Shouldn't be sniffed at at all. No, oh, it's super impressive. It's extremely impressive. And you know, we're the first people to kind of go after Marino when he when he messes up. Or yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because there's been a, you know, and I'm not kind of backtracking here. There has been a long history of some stuff that I find very very hard to stomach with this guy. However, you've got to give props when it's due. Yeah, absolutely. They're absolutely right. Absolutely. And I was really impressed by not only the the margin of victory, the manner of it, the manner in which City were just contained and, you know, the two goals, Mourinho will look at those two goals and be so proud of them because they both involved springing traps. The first one where you've got a deep lying City team, but still have that inexplicable gap between the centre-backs and the defence midfielder where no one fully takes responsibility for it. And, and of course, we said this a thousand times before, but this formation exposes Rodri. Um, because if you've got players who are marginally less good at regulating play and keeping the ball than David Silva, which is every other player on the planet, by the way, on the planet, so it's no disrespect to anyone that's actually playing. After and you've Santa got, Gazzola. Yeah, that's true. And then when, you, when you've got like, I mean, Bernardo Silva's a tremendous player, but he's not David Silva. Um, and Rodri's a tremendous player, but he's not peak fitness Fernandinho because nobody is in that system. Mm. So what you mean is you've basically got like 15% less efficacy in crucial areas, and that's where they pick you off. So the first goal, they picked off a deep-lying City, and the second goal, they picked off City in transition. And those are, if you'd given Mourinho a selection of goals he could have scored, if you can say, pick any two goals from a thousand you could score against this City team, he would have picked those two. Edison went walkies for both, though. Edison came out for both, but I also want to talk about the chaos of the passing. The way that City have passed across the face of midfield against a press like that. It was a little bit. I mean, really? you may as well go skinny tipping with barracudas. I mean, like they were just, this thing was, the ball was coming 30 yards across, well, yeah, 30 yards across goal. And the ball goes past what, three or four of your players mm. across the face. And you're inviting three or four Spurs players to press it. Like that's never going to end well. Do you think it was a handball? Yeah, I do think it was. I do think it was a handball. Yeah, I do as well. Lovely finish though. Shame. It was lovely. Yeah, it was. But, and that, that would have been one all and that would have been a game. But you know, the rules be the rules. Indeed they do. Do you think there's anything major to draw from this for City? No, because it doesn't say anything we didn't already know. It won't, it won't show Guardiola anything new about, he knows all this. He knows everything that, that we're, everything that we've said here, he would have thought a year in advance. I mean, he's signing, he's signed a new contract now, hasn't he? Like a two year mm. deal, like one plus one or whatever is one with a year option for another. Big Kevin Durant energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like he knows what he has to do. He knows what the problems are. I'm really intrigued about what's going to happen for the rest of his tenure at City. Another one of those football, those words that's only used in football, tenure. Yeah, I'm slightly, yeah, I'm slightly surprised he signed on again. Well, we're deep into the unknown with Pep now. This yeah. is fifth year Pep. First time he's ever been anywhere f- in a fifth season. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do two more. So we're going to get seven seasons of Pep at one club, wow. which I think is, yeah. is wild. I think Spurs should take a huge amount of credit for it. And it's kind of like what they... Second 2-0 in a row at home against City. Elsewhere in the Premier League, I want to shout out Brighton. Brighton beat Villa 2-1. Yeah. It's a massive win for Brighton. And um, a lovely, lovely goal from a certain Daniel Welbeck. Indeed, indeed. Running free and floating the ball. made my heart bloody sing. (laughs) Welbeck's goal was really lovely. And, you know, to finish like that against Emi Martinez... You're finishing one-on-one against one of the best shot stoppers in the Premier League. They know each other well as well. That's so interesting. Welbeck floating the finish. It was funny because there was a lot of trauma associated with that goal because 
Manchester United fans will remember mm. Danny Welbeck attempting to to trip Manuel Neuer in the Champions League. And yeah. if that had goal had gone in, that would have changed the destination of the tie. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of trauma attached to that, that moment. Uh, but yeah, great finish by Welbeck. Great win for Brighton. Who would do you... They would do a big victory like this. They would do, frankly, I mean, they've been really unlucky with some of these fixtures this season. They've played all this great football and they'll have all these great sort of stories. Oh, Brighton were a great side, but everyone else leaves the points. So it's nice for them to take away the points, I think, this week. Yeah, it gives them a little bit of breathing room over that bottom three now as well. Yeah. Six points clear of West Brom. Still winless West Brom. Who lost to Manchester United. Yeah. In not a great game. No, it was not great. Do you want to talk about that at all? Not particularly. <laughs> not particularly like West Brom um, they've got some nice pieces West Brom like you know, Mateus Pereira nice player breaks well carries the ball well at speed you know they've got some nice pieces but it's the finishing touch for them Dean Garner obviously we know about his talent bought from um, West Ham but they just West Brom will just struggle for goals it's just it, it's really they've got Sheffield United next week at home yeah and with the exception of that, that is a game yeah. that they really, really need to win. And then they've also yeah. got, they've got Palace at home after that. And they've, so they've got, and they've not got a bad run, actually. They've got yeah. Sheffield United at home, Palace at home, and Newcastle away next. Mm. Then they channel, they whatever they did in that they first did. half against Chelsea, they had to keep channeling that, channel that. Yeah. I mean, I could see them picking up some points from these next two games. Well, next three games, actually. Um, and they have to. If, if they come out of this little run before they face City at home, away yeah. with nothing, I think Bilic is in trouble. I think the Sheffield United game is, is uh, it's actually probably one of the biggest games the next week. Yeah, definitely. Anywhere else you want to go on the Saturday? Newcastle, Chelsea, we're doing Wright's house. Yeah, we're doing, uh, and also we're doing the Arsenal. Quickly to the rest of the games. Uh, angry, uh, angry-ish goal from Sebastian Allo. It was angry. It was angry. Do you know what? It was more tell? of an angry celebration. Yeah, but that was like the Henri one. Henri against West Ham was the same. The strike, you're like, ooh, he said that quite hard. Then you see his face, you're like, that was definitely angry. So it was almost, you know, it was almost like, the celebration was the VAR decision on the goal. Mm. So you see the goal being hit, you're like, oh, was that angry? And then you see VAR, you see his face, his face was the VAR. Yes, I'm angry. If you watch him in the build-up, he's, he's not a happy boy. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's a bit, he's getting a little bit, a little bit cranky. Because he's and got that. it was just a bit like, fuck yeah. off. It was like, yeah, it was just a bit like, well, Seb's like a Rooney arguing yeah. with the ref that time, which we have to shout out because every time there's ever an angry goal, people are like, Rooney, it was Rooney against Newcastle. And I think I've mentioned this like a few times. It's like, yeah, that's the definitive. But, but let's just, let's put this on the record now. Yeah. That's one of the all-time top five angry, angry goals. goals. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, one other category, which you're going to hate me for, Ryan, because it's going to be more people tweeting at you. But you know, there's, there are cathartic goals as well. What are we doing? I'm just, Why are we mixing our metaphors? You're going to hate it, but here it is. So there's goals where someone scores and it's such a release that they just lose all inhibition, right? And so Batistuta scored about 200 of those. But the one, my favourite cathartic goal of all time is Tardelli in that World Cup final in 82. Only Big because goal. he's so overwhelmed with the joy. You, can, you, can, you know that Tardelli has basically dreamed of scoring that goal for his entire life. Like he's been scoring that goal since he was four years old in a playground when his parents take him to games. And he's basically lived his entire life scoring that goal and he finally scores it. And when he celebrates, for those who haven't seen it, I get Charles talking about it. He bursts into tears. Mm. He actually bursts into tears, like spontaneously. Big cathartic goal. Danny Welbeck at Old Trafford in the FA Cup. Yes. Yes. The big like Ric Flair celebration. Woo! Yeah, because when you see someone just like, when you're like, They've been holding that in for so long. And he got pushed as well in the, in the celebration. I love that when someone's just like, yeah, fam, like pushed. Because that was the summer that he signed for Arsenal. They'd let yeah, him go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big cathartic. Yeah, I like the way that he didn't do the whole like hands up, not like stuff. No, he was like, I'm going to celebrate this. I'm yeah. going to own it. Anyway, yeah. Sebastian Aller, angry goal. Chris Wilder. He's not in trouble yet, I don't think, just because of what, I mean, bear in mind what Sheffield United were in the third division, well, third tier a few years ago. Mm. But they need to start picking up points, Sheffield United. Like we said, we've got that, they've got that game against West Brom next weekend, which is so huge. They need to start moving. Otherwise, they're going to... I mean, that, that's the thing about that Brighton result, is that it's already opened up a six-point gap between the bottom three, but Sheffield United are still only on a point. 
Yeah, and there was there was a bit of a controversy over Chris Wilder's comments about having five subs instead of three, and I, I feel mm. yeah there was there was pushback. Um, he was basically like, "We'd rather have three subs because five benefits teams with bigger squads." And I, I can see you know it's funny I can see it from both sides. And I wrote, I wrote about this for the Ringer actually about five subs. I wrote about this I mm. think at, um, at the start of the season, and I, I do feel for clubs with like fewer resources no question because five subs clubs with like huge resources can just flood you know you when you look towards the bench and you're holding on to a draw you look at the bench and you see three attackers each of whom cost 80 million that is hugely dispiriting and i think you know chris world is going to get a lot of criticism but i'll say in his defense you know as blunt as he sounded i will say to chris wilder Sheffield United are in that league because he's coached them to the very edge of their capabilities. Same with West Brom. Mm. These teams are so well coached and you come up to a league where the financial firepower of the big teams is only, you know, because for him, he'll be like, look, I can coach preparing for this team. But if you give them two more subs to clubs, a few resources, it is like having two extra signings. Now, the circumstances of COVID dictate that these are not normal times, which is why ultimately I back five subs only because of the physical state of these players. And I think this is a conclusion I came to in my piece, the physical state. And Grace on Football, shout out to Grace as well, who said this, ultimately, the most important thing is the fitness and the health of players, ultimately. So I sympathize with Chris Wilder, but I think just in the physical terms, in terms of the exertion, because look at this, how many COVID cases, what Uruguay, at 16 COVID cases, mm. positive yeah, cases. I mean, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild that this is happening. Yeah. We've spoke about this so much. We have, we have. But I'm glad that we do because if we speak about it a lot, then it means we don't normalise it and we can never really normalise what's happening this year. Yeah. You know. Everton beat Fulham 3-2. Yeah. Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. I love that combination so much. Yeah, Richarlison back, huh? He's back. Yeah, it looked, it looked great. Back. The losses all came without Richarlison and the team. He comes straight back in and he sets up Calvert-Lewin in the first minute. What I love about Richarlison is he's like a roving forward and Calvert-Lewin's like a fixed point and they just don't get in each other's way. And it's such an understated part of attacking movement. The mm. ability not to get in someone's way, the complementary nature. And they, they clearly love playing with each other. Ducouré scoring the winner. Um, Fulham just unlucky with a missed penalty. I mean, yeah, that slip. Yeah, not, they've just yeah, had that's... a terrible time of it. Yeah, I mean, bad luck on penalties. Well, bad luck, but you know. Nice uh, display of Dawson's law from James Rodriguez for Calvert-Lewin's second. Oh, yeah, done that a few times this season, pre-assist. I mean, it's basically Dawson's law is like the pre-assist, right? Yeah, that's right. But yeah, nice win for Everton. Back to winning ways. Good team, they needed though. it, to be honest. Yeah, they did. Uh, Liverpool three, less than nil. And I think the, the thing that maybe we didn't start with this in terms of the top of the show was because it felt so routine for Liverpool. Overly routine. I mean, me, Wright and I were talking about it on the on Wrighty's house last week and, and I said to him that I didn't think it would be a classic. I don't think it was a classic. No, no. In, in terms of, a, of a, um, a spectacle. But I think Liverpool recording their highest XG for five years or something. Goodness, they just absolutely battered. They were so superior. I was really surprised at Leicester, actually. But I'd caveat that with saying that the first round of fixtures after international breaks were always tricky anyway, especially at the moment. Can I shout out the huge compliment that Brennan Rodgers paid to Wijnaldum by not having Vardy man mark him? If you look at like the way that Vardy targeted Rodri against Man City mm. and the way that, that that level of pressure was not as conspicuous when it came to Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum as well, again, credit, because that man was holding midfield. He played really well. And this guy's played as a nine in a semi-final. He's played as a DM. Put some respect on this man's name, honestly. I said well, this I think, before. I still. think that whole Liverpool midfield deserves a lot of credit and Curtis Jones just slotting in to a game of this stature. It's a big game, this. He looked great, Curtis Jones. And he just looked like he belonged. And I think that yeah. this is, this is the thing we were saying for, for Liverpool is that they just get through this period where they have to make do amend, basically. You know, it was, it was like uh, Klopp was saying he had to decide where, where he was going to compromise in terms of experience and it looked like the midfield he was prepared to let them go although there's still some experienced players in that midfield let's get real yeah yeah but Milner at right back was great and it just they just didn't really give Leicester a sniff I love watch Curtis Jones attack space I love that bravery in the final third that kind mm. of um that desire to Youth cut yeah he just the desire to cut though and like you know they talk there's a word my favorite word 
that they use in the context of um, sport in the NBA is aggressive, like, you know, being aggressive mm. and forcing the, forcing the issue. And he did that so well. Him and Jota, um, Jota's just been lights out. That was a signing. Look, we said this at the time. This was a signing that I loved at the time. Mm. And if possible, I like it even more now. Mm. I like it even more now. I mean, they were a bit unfortunate on the first goal, Johnny Evans' his own goal. There are Liverpool fans listening to this podcast that will have enjoyed that goal in particular because there's a history with Johnny Evans from his United days. And he's not, a, he's not a popular player among a certain segment of Liverpool fans. So some will have taken a, a particular pleasure in that. <laughs> they will um, have. So Liverpool go level on points with Spurs at the top. Obviously, like we said before, Spurs are top on goal difference. Spurs-Chelsea next. Tasty. Because Chelsea looking good too. Yeah, I mean, basically Chelsea up to third. Like I said, we'll, you're, you lot will talk about that on Wrighty's House in, in more depth and big ups and, and show some Tammy Abraham love. So anyone who, any Arsenal fans or Chelsea fans or Leeds fans or Newcastle fans, you'd say, hey, where are our games this weekend? Wrighty's House. Wrighty's House. Top four separated by two points in the Premier League. Love it. And Southampton have the game in hand tonight. Well, we're recording this ahead of the Southampton game. They are away at Wolves. So you never know. Southampton win. That sounds, that sounds terrifying. Oh, this evening we're going away at Wolves. Nuno being like, you are a long way from home. Exactly. <laughs> right, man, where do you want to go now? Spain or Germany? Or Italy? Uh, I think we should go to Spain. Ooh, let's do it. First of all, Shout out to Sociedad beating Cadiz 1-0 with a goal of Alexander Isaac. I'm so excited that Alexander Isaac and David Silva are on the pitch at the same time. And I think that's a really great team in terms of balance, you know, because you've got Adnan Yanazai, who has really found his space at Sociedad. Oh, he sent a couple of Cadiz players for an absolute walk in this game. The beauty is now... Where he yeah. did the kind of the drag back and then through... Oh my God. Absolutely. I think Sid, <laughs> Sid Lowe was like, oof. I think he was live tweeting the game. Um, what he I love got the about, for Isaac's goal as well. He did. And what I love about this Sociedad team is the seniority of David Silva mm. is a really brilliant addition in terms of a title challenge. Like if I was Sociedad, I'd be quietly going, yeah, we're cooking this season. We're really cooking. So yeah, shut up. I wanted to mention them first only because... I mean, they're top still. They, they exactly. remain top. You know, right. I mean, uh, like we say, Atleti have got two games in hand and can go three points clear if they win them both. Right. Um, they, they are the only unbeaten team in the league and we'll get to Atleti Barca in a second but I just want to sort of quickly mention as well the other game that was interesting this, this season sorry by the way just, just a quick shout for Cadiz who are still fifth despite losing yeah like super impressive they were impressive actually against Sociedad but what I want to say as well just a quick shout out to Villarreal for getting that point against Real oh could have had more though Tony Cruz had a very bad week after the 6-0 and then to come back and play his playing out from the back he was playing as a DM, which is bizarre because anyone that saw that performance in the midweek was like, I mean, I, I don't, he's not, he's not a single pivot. No, six. Not, he's against, not, six. not against Villarreal. No, no, really not, really not. And his, the amount of times that his long passes got intercepted, which is supposedly his greatest strength, got intercepted was very concerning. Um, great point for Villarreal, but having said that, Real were missing Benzema, Ramos, Two big omissions and Casemiro. So those are big losses for them, but still they're rare outs. They should have found a way. But Villarreal are third. You know, yeah, they're yeah. only a point behind Atleti. Obviously, Atleti have got those two games at hand. They're four points behind uh, Real Sociedad, who face Villarreal next. So that's a massive game at the top of the table. Um, but yeah. Could, but fair play. They've only lost one game this season. Yeah, They've yeah. drawn probably a few too many. But Missed some Fair big chances. Should have won the you know whole mean, thing. Like, yeah, yeah, Danny Parejo missed an absolute sitter um, where he kind of side-footed it. So, well, it wasn't a sitter, but for him, you, yeah, you thought him. he would have at least hit the target. Right, right. Um, and I can't remember who it was, but Courtois made a really great save where he kind of already gone to ground. He put his left hand up. I think it was against Kubo. Yes, it was. That's Kubo it. late on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that Excellent was save. a big save because I thought that was actually quite a smart move from Kubo. Yeah. Like to do that, um, fine player. Oh yeah, great player. But um, but yeah, I think that's a that's a big point for for Villarreal. Huge, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so to Atleti Barca, and I think the most worrying thing for Barca is that this result it was a smothering. Atleti played some beautiful football as well. 
Carrasco with a fine finish, a lovely ball over the top, and Carrasco nutmegging Testagen, who came inexplicably far off his line, and then finishing well. That was 1-0 in the first half. And thereafter, Atleti just, they raised the tempo when they wanted to. They did what they wanted. Barca have got some nice pieces, obviously, and they've got some, you know, the chemistry between Pjanic and Frankie de Jong is really nice in that midfield axis. Mm. But going forward, there was Griezmann's face. And Griezmann went off. Griezmann played as the nine. Messi was behind him. And both players looked ineffectual. There was the, there's the, the messy thing that Messi does when Messi gets in that kind of pocket of space, the inside left space, and plays the diagonal pass, the floated diagonal. And Atleti were just having that for lunch all day, all day. There was like, they see that, they read that, they know that's an option they like. And the funny thing is, Kuman is putting square pegs and square holes. Mm. Like he's put, everyone is where they need to be. Everyone is in the position where they need to be, but they're not delivering. And now this is even worse because now PK is out, I think, for the rest of the season. Well, likely not out yeah, for the rest of the season. That he's nasty. he's that out for a long time. Such a nasty injury, that. They're, they're in trouble, Barca, man. They're Big in trouble. trouble. And Big I think, trouble. I was thinking about this a little bit. I was looking at Messi over the weekend. And I think he's struggling with the pressure of thinking that he has to do it all. That's interesting. The reason I say that is because I think he's always been quite a team player. Well, I think he's always been a massive team player, Lionel Messi. Hmm. I think what you're seeing is the difference between knowing that he can do it all and knowing that he has to do it all. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is really starting to weigh on him. It, I, I, but this is just purely speculative from my side. I have no insight or whatever, but I was looking at some moments in the game and I just thought, this doesn't happen like, even last season when Suarez was there, to be honest, maybe the season before. And I just feel, again, this goes back to that big, those big Barca episodes we did. The signing Griezmann, put it this way, if someone had said the signing Coutinho would not be the most disastrous signing, mm. you'd be like, haha, no way. But the signing of Griezmann is even more disastrous. If you paid that same amount of money for Lewandowski, and Lewandowski was now playing as the nine ahead of Messi, mm. Barca's season would be transformed. Barca would possibly be top of La Liga. Like, Lewandowski is that good. When you pay that amount of money for an elite striker, they're supposed to deliver what Lewandowski delivers. I really think Lewandowski is that good. And Griezmann, unfortunately, has been that poor. He's absolutely devoid of confidence. The fact that Messi had to give him a tap-in in the previous game in the 5-2. And Griezmann's gratefulness, because Griezmann's confidence is obviously just in the absolute tank. And mm. I had a conversation on Twitter with someone who was going, you know, like, it's generous to call... Griezmann elite world class and everybody was and I'm like no he was no no no, 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 no. Griezmann was legit Griezmann now looks as helpless as he looked when France drew nil-nil with Denmark in the opening game of the World Cup mm. I think it's 2018 when you're like a fixed point of the attack and he's, he's a second striker mm. he's a second striker that's as simple as that he's a second striker in a compact team and now he's playing as the nine in a spread out team it is absolutely, it's precisely the worst configuration for him and his talents. It's I didn't, uh, didn't realise how much I loved the idea of Lewandowski to Barcelona until just that second when you said, when you mentioned that, but, but it fixes wow. everything. It wow. fixes it fixes everything, doesn't it? It fixes everything. Remember, people forget, Bayern fans will know, and we obviously watched Bayern closely, so we saw this, the, the manner in which Lewandowski pulled together the disparate elements of the Bayern forward line and the midfield, quite frankly, in the opening parts of the last season. Frankly, astonishing. Mm. Lewandowski's opening six months of last season is as good. I mean, the fact that he was not awarded the Ballon d'Or is an absolute travesty. It's an absolute travesty that he didn't well, It wasn't get... a Ballon d'Or, wasn't yeah, it? But, but, but yeah, but he should. I mean, it was, to me, it was... Just do it on Zoom, fam. I'm doing everything else on Zoom. Why can't you do a Ballon d'Or on Zoom? He was lights out. So yeah, but I mean, then, then the sad thing is then you look at Dembele. Dembele was good against that Letty. Yeah, I mean, think- to be honest, I don't want to uh, dwell too much on Barca because it's all issues that we've covered a million times. Yeah. The one thing I would say about them is that like, Koeman's in trouble. Yeah. The people who brought him in are gone. Well, the person who brought him in is gone. They're in the bottom half of the table, Barcelona. 12th in the table and they've played eight games. Yeah, they've got two games in hand. If they win both of them, they're into the, they're up to... 
you know, maybe fourth, fifth. But will they win those two games in hand at the moment? We don't know because they can't put together any decent run of form. No. I want to focus on Atleti because Simeone's first La Liga win over Barca, Atleti's first La Liga win over Barca in what, over a decade? They thoroughly deserved it. I think the goal, unfortunately, the thing that would, and I would said we didn't want to dwell on Barcelona too much, but the two vastly experienced heads just being so far out of position for the same move, I think is the problem there. Like, mm. why is PK running to kind of take the ball off someone else that leads to a miscontrol, that leads Barcelona massively exposed? Why is Ter Stegen coming that far out? It's weird because they had like a run of what, maybe three games? that They were kind of looking okay. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, that's maybe three or four ab- games. Absolutely fair. And we actually said, oh, maybe Koeman's actually quietly doing an okay job here. Yeah. Should have got the Classico as well. Should have won the damn Classico. I don't know. I just can't figure them out. They're bending my brain. But um, Atleti, massive win for them. There was a, ch- <laughs> there was a chance in this game. Was it Longley's header? Oh, yes. <laughs> the zone commentator that I watched on the highlights, I don't know if they said this live, but um, he described it as a... Um, a mega monster uber chance. <laughs> I love the Dazone commentators. I love they're great. them. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Do you want to do anywhere else in, in La Liga? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Let's do a quick roundup with the rest. So Germany, Bundesliga, probably the most key result of the weekend. Bayern drawing 1-1 with Werder Bremen. Bremen could have been two or three up, actually. When I saw some of the Verda misses, I did get that one feeling of altitude sickness. When you see a team that's like... This is it. Yeah, yeah. Like Rashidska went through on goal and was clear through and then allowed Jerome Boateng to make a recovery tackle. Now I love Jerome Boateng and he's a great player, but Rashidska through on goal on that angle should not be giving a chance. And like... Josh Sargent had one as well. Right, right. Oh yes. And there was... And just never looked like he was going to score. They were stumbling and... Yeah, and it was funny in all three situations... You could see actual anxiety in the body language. Mm-hmm. You didn't see, there was no point at which you felt, yeah, this is going in. But a great point for Werder. Yeah. And with Gladbach slipping up against Augsburg as well, they drew and RB Leipzig drawing away at Eintracht. It was absolutely imp- imperative that Dortmund didn't make heavy going of the, of the Hertha game. And they went one or down thanks to it. Was, it was very close to being an angry goal for Matthias Quinia. But it wasn't. It was a lovely strike. But it wasn't. Strike. It, was too, it, was too, it was too sweet. Yeah. Luca Bacchio assist for Mateus Cunha. They went in 1-0 up. And then a couple of minutes into the second half, Haaland got his first, got his second two minutes later and got his hat-trick just after the hour mark. He's got a hat-trick in 15 minutes, basically. He is a master at quick accumulation. Like he's, he's a yeah. master at, well, he's like a combo striker. Yeah. It's like, it's, do you know what it's like? It's like when, you, um, when you're in a computer game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. And you basically like, you get extra powers for a split second or when, you know, when you are uh, about in Sonic yeah, and you jump on one of the boxes and it's the speed and the music speeds up. Yes. Yes. You've only yes. got it for a certain amount. Yeah. He's a Sonic striker. He's a Sonic, Sonic striker. striker. There are certain Sonic strikers who basically, Robbie Fowler was like that as well. Robbie Fowler was a Sonic striker. And if you can think of any others, please send them in to us. Please tweet us. Uh, because strikers, a Sonic striker is basically a striker who gets a lot of quick braces. I mean, hat-tricks are neither here nor there. Like a hat-trick is actually quite, you know, the, the circumstances to get a hat-trick are not always that um, forthcoming. But there are certain strikers who, and like some, Sadio Mane was like that. Lots mm. of players will score like, oh, oh, he got two goals in four minutes. It's not an accident. It's a very particular attacking instinct of a player that does that. Um, so yeah, Sonic Strikers, please. <laughs> All submissions welcome. Oh my God, that's a whole other. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. Hertha. Looked like they were going to get back in it. Can you score the penalty? And then all of them went straight back up the other end, assisted by Jude Bellingham and put the game to... Oh my God, there was an amazing moment when Jude Bellingham sets up the assist and he does that MF Doom thing we're talking about, the end of Rhinestone Cowboy, when he puts his arms in the air. It's, it's, like Defoe, it's like Willem Dafoe on the cover of the Platoon video when he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> he's kneeling. And it's, it's really... It's actually one of the most wholesome celebrations. He's about 10 yards behind the play and he's just going... <laughs> I love it so I laughed so much when I saw it I was laughing and then uh, you see from my Coco came on yeah I mean I wanted to mention this I didn't want to talk too much about it because I think it's been so yeah, hyped I, yeah. to the point where we forget that there's a 16 year old kid involved here can I just say I really, I really like the way they did the substitution yep. they did it at 5-2 up they didn't do it they didn't bring on this um, you know, astonishing young talent they didn't bring him on at like 1-0 up or something they brought him at 5-2 game absolutely safe 
probably wouldn't score. It's five minutes in the end, probably wouldn't score and get all the headlines or whatever. Holland's already scored four, although Favre, like we said, was still checking that he'd actually scored that many. As he just comes on and it's just done. It's just, mm-hmm. He's made his debut and that's it. And we just move. And I think it was the most low-key way to give a debut to someone so high profile. And I thought it showed really good yeah, fair play from, yeah, Favre. I, I mean, the I thing really, that Favre like is really good at is that he cares. And I think he really cares about the, yeah. the players like that. He's very much in the kind of mould of Wenger, I think, in that frame. So Dortmund are second. Only Leipzig and Wolfsburg have conceded less goals than Dortmund in the league this season. And only Bayern have scored more. Taking away quite lightly Dortmund, apart from that classica defeat and, and that slip up at Augsburg early on in the season, they've been doing pretty, pretty good work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as have Leverkusen, who are... Who, are level on points with Dortmund. They beat Bielefeld 2-1 away. Bielefeld, man, they're kind of starting to struggle. But at least they've won a game this season, which That's is right. not what you could say for Köln and Schalke. Uh, Cologne deservedly lost to Union 2-1 at home. Max Cruz are having a storming season. Dude, vibes. I told you. They've been in the Champions so, League on vibes. Who said it? I, I, think, I think it was um, Lee at later Daisy J on Twitter. I think she tweeted... Joachim, Lo- Joachim Love should pick Volland and Cruiser for the Germany squad, but just like doesn't, won't do it just for vibes, but won't do it. It's too fun. That's <laughs> too much it's like fun. Too it's fun for Love. <laughs> um, Schalke are closing in on Tasmania's all-time winless streak record. Um, they are rooted to the bottom of the Bundesliga. Oh they lost at home on Saturday to Wolfsburg 2-0. Oh, actually, before we move on from the Bundesliga, big shout for Stuttgart. Got a point away at Hoffenheim. Three-all draw. Good game, that. Was a good game. Uh, and that's the Bundesliga. Let's move on quickly to Zaya. Yeah, let's do it. I just want to really touch on the Napoli-Milan game. Um, that's the one. That's the key one, yeah. Yeah, obviously, Pioli was missing because of his positive coronavirus test. It's absolutely wild. It's just the <laughs> stand. It's just like, I mean, coronavirus... It's just wild. Well, I heard that in Cardi B's voice. Yeah, I kind of did when I was saying it. It's like, Shit is um, getting real. It is getting real. Tell you what, got real for Milan against Napoli. And they, yeah, they delivered a real performance. This is a statement victory right here. Napoli been blowing people away and they got beaten 3-1 in their own backyard by a Milan team missing the brilliant Sandro Tonali, missing Pioli, almost superb. And they're just... The thing about this um, Milan team, even though Zlatan went off the muscle strain at 2-1, they ended up like he pulled his hamstring, right? Yeah, even though they've lost him though, in his absence, they just speed up the attack and they just, they reconfigure. They've got Rebic to come and he can play up top. So that's, they should be okay. But just shout out to Zlatan for this because he scored two goals, both reminiscent of Milan greats. So the first goal he scores, stunning header from beyond the penalty spot. Mm deep cross with Theo Hernandez and he angles this beautiful head into the far corner, which is basically like the Van Basten goal, which I mentioned on Twitter against Madrid in the 89 semi-final of the European Cup. And then his second goal, he scores a gorgeous volley with his knee. And that's a big win because Napoli have been brutal this year. Do you know what I really like about this game? <laughs> Go for it. The fashion accessory. What, was, what is it? No, no. Bonero, who took charge, obviously, for, for Pioli, Gattuso and Zlatan. We're all playing together for Milan a decade ago. Yeah. Oh my. Bonero was an amazing player and football manager, yeah, you know. He was. I thought that was just a nice little. It's incredible. Though. Quite poetic. They've all come back to the league in different guises, isn't it? And yeah. Zlatan's still playing. Yeah, I mean, because Bonero ended his career at Villarreal, didn't he? I wasn't sure he ended up, actually. Yeah. He, was yeah, amazing. Yeah. he was an amazing player. Still undefeated this season. As are Sassuolo, man. 2 0 win over uh, Hellas Verona. They remain second. Uh, Inter, we mentioned earlier, big 4-2 win over Torino after being 2-0 down with 27 minutes to go and then scoring four in the last 27 minutes. Shout out to Lukaku, just at his best. There is a player that gets, actually, Richarlison and Lukaku are interesting. They're both roving nines who get out of the poacher's way. Mm. So there's a great, so it's funny, in the same, the Lukaku-Martinez relationship reminds me of the, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, actually, in the way they occupy different space and complement each other so well. Although I cannot, be, I can't, I still can't figure out how that penalty was given because Hakimi was coming back from an offside position. I, I, don't, then, I don't understand. Yeah, but yeah. actually, we didn't even mention it for the Real Madrid, uh, for the Villarreal Real Madrid game. How did that Real Madrid goal stand? <laughs> yes, Mariano offside, 
linesman puts the uh, the referee's assistant puts the flag up, puts it back down again. It doesn't. I don't know. It just it was weird. But anyway, yeah, there was one in this game as well, and I think it was Hakimi came back from it from an offside position, and they gave the penalty anyway. Super like, weird. I just don't, I don't know what's happening anymore. Henrik Mkhitaryan with a lovely goal for Roma. Well, one of two. He got two uh, in there. Looks 3-0. really happy. He looks yeah. really happy there. It's three 0 win over Parma. But yeah. Milan top by two points in Serie A. Sass second, Rome third, Juve fourth into fifth, Napoli sixth. Nice, nice top of the table. That before we go, do you want to talk about that wild MLS playoff game? I mean, just between Orlando City and New York City FC, Orlando going through on penalties. I think the most important thing to say, and I, I, I feel duty bound. I feel duty bound to say, in the time of COVID. That someone was, I think Zach Goldman pointed out, packed stands. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's where we have to almost begin with that. But then, so Nani, an outstanding performance from him. Game goes to penalties. And then the game is decided by an outfield player saving a penalty. Yeah, Pedro Galeza got sent off for uh, Orlando, who were already down to 10 men, by the way. I mean, not that being down to nine men in a shootout really, really matters, but he was sent off in the middle of the shootout <laughs> because he was off his line. He was given a book, another book. What's so funny about this was in real time. So I didn't watch the game in real time. What was so funny was watching American sort of soccer Twitter meltdown. Experienced viewers of soccer were in meltdown. Grant Wall, poor Grant Wall. Can I just say, wherever he is, wh- whatever you do this week, Grant, I hope it involves a pina colada and a sunbed or something <laughs> because you... <laughs> I don't know how many blood vessels you burst. <laughs> um, an amazing stat from Opta. 21 minutes and 35 seconds between the first and last penalty attempts in the shootout. <laughs> Rodrigo Schlegel was in goal, outfield player in goal, and made the save that took Orlando through. Honestly, this was unbelievable. But massive, massive props to Orlando. It was their first ever playoff win. Big deal. If you haven't seen the game, dig out the highlights and go and watch it. It was, uh, it was thoroughly, thoroughly entertaining. Any other business, Musa Kwonga? I think we're actually good. Quick shout out to um, Meza Ozil, firing more shots on Twitter. Extraordinary shots that he was firing. Man, the chances created on Twitter for Meza, it's off the charts. His expected retweets are unbelievable. His expected retweets. <laughs> XRT. XRT, exactly. Can we get the XRT His on XRT. that? Rye. Exactly. I started tweeting up to Rye. His expected retweets is like, like 70,000. Easy. Clearing, easy 70,000. What I would just say in relation to just the COVID thing more generally, looks as if we may be extending, well, we don't know yet, but we could be locked down for a while here. And I said this before, but one thing that's been really good for me and my sort of mental health and all the rest of it is just working out how best to use my daytime hours because obviously evenings are difficult. So one thing I was doing at the start of the lockdown, I think I mentioned was writing in the day and then in the night you kind of relax. But of course that's bleak. So if you can find a way to maximize your daytime hours, I think that's a strong look because mm. I've done that. And it's been great for me. Yeah, man. Um, we hope everyone's obviously staying safe and well and yeah, we'll try and do some more fun stuff soon. We'll do, uh, we'll do another stadio sessions. Not, uh, maybe we'll do it this week. I'm not sure. Might do a seventies one flex my 70s muscles after Mr. Wright was talking about some 70s music. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise... Yeah, I might do that. We'll do probably do another Instagram live too. Oh, actually, I might do... I might be guesting... Kate Mason's been doing some Instagram live chats recently. Oh, great. Yep. Just like lockdown chats. So I might be doing one with her soon. That'd be great. Sky Sports is Kate Mason and off the Football Ramble, of course. So yeah, but I'll mention that. You got any more Instagram lives coming up? With your, with your bloody... No one wants fucking to, writers no, chat, no. writers nonsense. Oh, today we're going to write about prose. No one wants to see this, Ryan. No one wants to see this. I'm scared if I start Instagram live and just start talking. Oh. I was like, what's this guy doing on here? <laughs> uh, any other business? Yeah, ringer.com forward slash soccer. Check for a potential piece from Musa Kwonga this week. Yes, yes. Pass first writer, Musa Kwonga. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> right, his house will be up Wednesday with Musa and Jeanette. And obviously Ian Wright, because this is his house. I think that's everything. I think we're good, yeah. We're good. Then we're good. Playing out this week on. Oh, Mikey Merker, ride the rhythm. I hope you'll ride this rhythm into the week and stay safe and well, everyone. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then. Well, I know one type of rhythm I specialize in. Like some DJs, what your ear DJing. We ride from the rhythm. 